We love you because you first loved us. You became a ransom, Lord, for us. Us who were lost, we were undone, we had no hope. But your goodness has been running after us. Your mercy is like a river. You've not forsaken us because we were a part of you from the very beginning. Lord, uh, what can we say? But we love you father. Because you first loved us. And you purchased our salvation on Calvary's tree. And we know, Lord, you went the 
last mile for us. And now, Lord, we will also take the last mile for you. It's a relationship. It's a love beyond measure. A love we can't understand. A love the world can't understand. But you made yourself known to us. And we want to say, Lord, that we want to yield ourselves to you also. Tonight we have come in your presence yet again. Lord, we are not doing this as a religious act. We are coming back again in your presence because we want to fellowship with you. We want to have some time with you, Lord. Oh, some time with the king. Not just a king, but the king of kings. The Lord of lords. The great I am. Lord, how I understand that a wife would want to spend their time with their husband. A friend would like to spend time with a friend. But Lord, you are more than a husband to us. You are more than a friend. Lord, we want to spend time with you tonight. And I pray, Lord, that you will come and minister to us through the preaching of your word. May we be encouraged. May we be strengthened. Be brought closer to thee. That at the end of this meeting, we shall walk away more energized and more in service for you. And I pray, Lord, even for those that are, are coming, Lord, to the uh, church. Perhaps they were caught up from work. Give them your grace. Whoever that might be streaming, Lord. Especially those who are from afar. I ask your blessing upon them, Father. That you will uh, bless them and preaching through the preaching of your word. That the atmosphere here will also reach where they are. Grant it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a clap of praise. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. So this, this evening, I'd like us to go to the word once again. You can take your Bibles. We're reading from uh, second, um, I know that uh, we, we, we had, uh, we were speaking on the message of the hour on Sunday. And uh, this today, I want us to continue the same subject. And so this will be like a part four to that uh, preaching. And so if uh, you've not been in the others. Kati, it's just the same thought. Altogether. And I think I feel that there's a, a little or a few things that I need to continue addressing. So that we can come into the perfection. 
of Jesus Christ. So we are reading out of Second Peter. We are reading that scripture once again. Or maybe for, for our reading tonight, we can take a different scripture. We, we will read two scriptures before we get seated. It's Galatians chapter 2 and then Acts chapter 16. Galatians chapter 2, verses 20. And it is reading this wise. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Abagalatia esuleyo kuilo nyoruabili na komeriruwa wamune kristo. Na ye, ndimulamu, siku wange na te. Na ye kristo, yemulamu monze. Erobulamu buenina kakano mumubili, mbulina ruwa kukiriza omana wakatonda, eyanjagala neye wayo kuruwange. I do not Frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness cometh by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Rabbi Morum, Sidibia, Chisacha Katonda, Kubanga, Obtukidivu, Buba, Bububa Mumateka, Nga Christo, Yafida, where Amen. Amen. Let us also read the uh, uh, Acts of the Apostles. Chapter uh, 16. Just about three verses. From, from verses 30. And here in my uh, Bible, I have a, a, a subtitle. The only condition of salvation. The only condition of salvation. So we are reading uh, verses 30 to 33. And brought them out. Okay, of course, we would have read, read uh, uh, from earlier, but um, maybe for the whole, to, to be able to get the whole perspective, let us begin from verse 25 and then we can read up to verse 33. If that's okay. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. 
Na ye chino mutumbi, Paulo nesira, nebasaba, neba imbira katonda, abasibe, nebaba ulida, amangwa, gunewaba wechikanka nechinene, nemi sinji jekomera nejikankana, amangwa genzijizo nane ziguka, nebi alibiba sibiebio na nebisumuru kuka. Amen. Amina. We ought to say amen to that. Echogama amina. And the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been had been fled. Omukumi we komera na zukuka, boyaraba angenzi jize komera ngazi guse na showole chitalache na agendo kweta kubanga ngalowo zanti abasibye batorose. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Na ye Paulo na yogerera waguru ne dobozi dene ngagamanti teweko la kabi kubanga fenawe tuli. Then he called for a, for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. Nasabetabaza nadukana na ingira navunamira Paulo nesira ngakankana. And brought them out and said, Sars, what must I do? To be saved. Did you hear that? What must I do? To be saved. And they said, Pay your tithes. Dress well. Come to church every Sunday. Be baptized. Repent. And after you finished that, cut your hair a certain way. Dress a certain way. Then you shall be saved. Was that what he said? Are you following the scripture? Get back there again. Today, and they said, <clears throat> it's very amazing. Let's first look at verse 3 again. And so he brought them out, in case you missed it. He brought them out and Na said, Sirs, what, what must I do to be saved? And they said, I'm tempted to speak other things, but let me, read, let me read what it says here. And they said, Everybody read with me. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. And thy house. Amina. Is that amen? And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straight away. And when he had brought them into his house, 
he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Amen. Amen. I would like to speak to the Lord for just a moment. Just pray together with me. Lord Jesus, once again we are coming before you. The subject that I want to speak on, Lord, I pray that you will guide me on what I will say, what I will speak, Father, guide my thoughts, what I will think even. At this time, I surrender all myself and all of me. And I pray that you will use me now. And also my brother who is going to interpret. May this time be a time of Blessing for each of us. For your people have come from near and far. And their desire is to hear from you. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Once again, I want, I'd like to greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we, we are used, you know, the preacher is going to read the scripture, then pray, then ask us to sit, then he will say, I greet you. So, I mean, then we shall also listen, and then, you know, we, we, need, we don't need these things to become like a custom. Let, let it be uh, something that in every service, it is a little different. And what makes the difference is two things. Number one, your expectation. Number two, the presence of God. So, when those things are here, then everything the preacher says, it will meet your expectation. And then, when you, ex you meet what you expected, the Lord will use it to bless you and carry you into his presence. Amen. Amen. So, I'm happy to see Dixon. He uh, was able to make it back today from Ginger. And also, I'm happy to see every one of you. I said, God bless you. Can you tell your neighbor, God bless you? Amen. So, I'm speaking on uh, the, the subject is still the same, Brother Isaac. It's the, the message of the hour, but oh. maybe this time you will stroke it or put in brackets or whatever you want to do, legalism. Legalism. I don't know if that is the correct or perfect interpretation. Legalism yeah, or, or let, let me put it this way, the excessive adherence to law or, or formula. 
Oba okubera ngoliao nga gwewe wa yonye kisuse ogenderera ogoberera amateka obenteka teka eriwe goberirwa And so um, remember that we are, our theme is taken out of second Peter chapter 1 verse 12 Mujukirendi omtwe gwafeguva mu Petre kisoka echo kubire suleso ko nyore 12 Where Paul said that uh, where or rather Peter said where I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things the things that he had earlier on spoken of, we spoke of them. He says, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. So, I mean, we don't always preach to you because you don't know what I'm going to preach to you about. We don't always preach because we are preaching new things. So, you know, one person may say, why do we have to go to church each time? Why don't we just go to church once and that's it? We go Friday, we go Wednesday, we go Sunday, we go even other days. Must it be that way? Really, are we learning new things? There is no new things in the Bible. Actually, the same things that you have... Uh, you have heard are the same things you keep hearing. But you see what is done in the process is as you, you continue hearing you get established in the present truth. See, the establishing is not a work that can take place in a day or an event. It's a process that takes time. So the more you hear, the more you believe. It builds up your faith. The Bible says uh, that, that uh, uh, you know, you know, the faith. Like I was speaking to you about faith. Is is uh, uh, he says that faith comes by hearing. Uh, is that sister praise? God bless you. You're welcome back. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you see, how are you going to be established by the Segawa? In Christ. By hearing repeatedly. It establishes your faith in the present truth. What is the present truth? The present truth is Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. It is the will of God. The perfect will of God. The way of God. The way of the word. And so that's what we want to be established in, and that's what I call the message of the hour. And in every generation there has been what we call the message of the hour. It has never changed. Times change but the message of the hour never changes. But you know people change and then God brings it back again. And in our time we have received what we want to or like to call many times the end time message. 
anytime message is not a new message because it is coming in the end time. It is the same old message but we call it the end time message because it has been returned or restored back to us the people of the end time. So the Bible has never changed. The message did not change the Bible. Actually the message is the Bible. Because you see when God sends a prophet he doesn't send a prophet to introduce something new. He sends a prophet to restore the people back to God. Back to the message of the hour. So now we've read from Galatians and I'd like to rehearse these two scriptures once again and then we will take it on from there. Uh, Paul in the book of Galatians said I am crucified with Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. That is what the present truth does. When Paul met that light, he, was, he became crucified. He crucified himself. And now he received a new life. And that life was no longer his life. But it was the life of Jesus Christ. He calls it, I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. He didn't say the faith in the Son of God, but he said the faith of the Son of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Who loved me and he gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God for if Righteousness cometh by the law. Then Christ is dead in vain. Excuse me just a moment. Now I want you to, uh, and I'm going a little bit slow because I want you to really catch this. If there was a remedy, a remedy for sin without Jesus Christ he did not need to die if there was something that could be done that could restore a man back to God Jesus didn't have to die. But the reason why he died was because there was absolutely nothing that could be done by mankind to restore their relationship back to God. You see, there are many things we could do and the law was not sin. 
The law was righteous because the law made them to do what God intended for them but to do. But it is not the law that God was interested in. The law could not bring a perfect restoration of the children of God back to God. The law had a temporal uh, uh, kind of effect. The law did not perfectly do the job. And so I can say that the law was a shadow. A shadow of something else that would come and bring the real thing that can be able to restore the broken relationship. Are you hearing me? And that and the law was a shadow of grace. Let me tell you, grace is everything the law was saying. But what was the law telling the children of Israel? You must do. You, you must not do. You must do. You must not do. You must do. You must not do. And that did not restore the relationship. But then something else happened. Jesus Christ came. And when he came, he died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, then Paul says, Hallelujah. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. And nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. And that life. Amen. He says that the life which I now live. In the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not by faith, the faith I feel that I have. But the faith of the Son of God. If Jesus Christ did not believe, if Jesus was overcome by the temptation, we would all be lost. But Jesus believed his own word and he died on the cross and because of the faith faith of the son of God who loved us and gave himself he says that don't frustrate the grace of God for if righteousness came by the law then Christ is dead so what do we need to do in order to be saved Acts chapter 16 We've had a story of, of how these men um, Silas and, and, and um, how they were released from prison. And when they were released from prison, the story you've already I've read it out for you. This man, a prisoner, a prison guard, when he saw the doors open, he thought they have escaped. And he wanted to kill himself. But then he saw them. And he realized there was something that they had that he did not have. 
what he saw in them was what Paul said he had. It was Jesus Christ. He saw people that had another life. And he wanted that. Let me tell you when you come to Jesus with all your heart and you truly be saved and you truly experience the saving power of God. When people look at you what you do, Chocola. what you say, you your life, they will no longer see you, but they will see Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, they will begin to hunger and they will begin to thirst after what you have. They may say, we don't understand what he has, but what we know, we need what he has. You won't need to tell the people, do this. Do let them see that life of Jesus Christ. Question you. They will ask you the same question. What must I do to be saved? And, and, and this man looked at them. What must I do to be saved? Because man thinks it's always what he has to do. And so they answered him. Let us read it again together. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let, let us read it again. Tell your neighbor. And they said, tell your neighbor now, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. And your house. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, is this the gospel, yes or no? Is this the gospel? Do you realize that what is preached in most of Christendom, what is emphasized is actually not the gospel. The gospel is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe. You want me to say more? But that's the gospel. I don't have to say more. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let me surprise you. We have a lot of people that are in churches but don't actually believe on the Lord Jesus no, they, they, they are doing the religious things. The Catholics, they follow the laws of Catholicism. The Anglicans, they are following the laws of Anglicanism. The Muslims, they are doing everything their religion tells them. They, they serve this, the Pentecostals. As long as they tell them, well, you shout, you speak in tongues, they do it and they are fine. They are, they are saved. And even in our message churches, we, we have what we can also say if you do this and this and that. If you did all this, then 
then you 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 are bride you are, you are you are going to the rapture and you know so every religion every church or every you know religion even those who are not christians they have their own set of rules that if you did this sure you are going to heaven sure you are saved you remember that man who came to jesus and he said what can i do same question what Jesus did Jesus tell him? Because he understood from which perspective this man asked the question. He didn't trouble him. He simply told him, you already know the works of righteousness. The works of the Lord. You know the Ten Commandments. Go and do them. The man even says, I've done all that since I was a little child. Jesus looked at him. He said, you, was, you speak well. You've done all. But in other words, all that you have done, you yourself know that is still a void in your heart. Because otherwise he couldn't have come to Jesus to ask him how can I enter into the kingdom of God. He realized there was still a void. Salvation Christ was not in the deeds of the law. But here he was. Hallelujah. Amen. The disciples asked a question. Or rather, this man, the prison guard, he asked a question. The disciples, what must I do to be saved? And I said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And here is a man, a rich young ruler, he comes to Jesus. He says, what, what must I do? And when he realized that the laws, the works of the Lord, none could save him. Then he said, Nothing. I've done all of them. What is remaining? Jesus said, yes, you've done all. But there is one that is remaining. Sell everything you have. Wait a moment. Please, please listen to me. Open your spiritual ears of understanding. Me. You will need faith to understand what I'm preaching on tonight. So here, Jesus looks at him. He says, you don't need me to tell you the law. You already know the law. But there is something more that you have not done. And he said, here he didn't quote anything. He, Jesus, spoke to him. He said, go sell everything you have. Give the money to the poor. Come follow me. You couldn't find that anywhere. There is something you need that you will never find here in order to inherit eternal life. Am I communicating to some of you? What Jesus spoke to this man, he could not find it nowhere. What was it? It was Jesus Christ telling him to go and do them. It's the same thing as this man was told. 
believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The thing was not what Jesus was saying. The thing was because Jesus said. So that word, the man had to believe it. And if he could have believed it, and when I did it, the man would have been saved. But the Bible says the man went away sad in his heart because he had great possessions. Now listen to me. When you come to Jesus Christ, the only thing you need to do is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why I say it is not written here is because this has to be done between you and Jesus Christ in your heart. It is something that happens supernaturally between you and Jesus Christ. It may be through a sermon. It may be through some experience. But let me tell you, one day you will know when it has happened to you. Something will change on the inside. It is an experience between you and Jesus Christ the moment you believe him you will be saved everything you will do is actually because you believed him you, you, don't, you don't get salvation because of what you did Amen. what you do should come out of the abundance of your faith in him Praise the name of the Lord. It, it, it is so sad that the church of Jesus Christ has told even that even after the death of Jesus Christ, we can actually, we should actually, we can actually attain eternal life by our deeds. Listen, this is from Gabriel's instruction to Daniel. He says, hear me, thus saith the Lord. God will not deal with his church till she comes back to the homeland. The message of the hour. I wanted to hear what Brother Barnum describes as the message of the hour. He says, Come back to the original. Get away from your Methodist. Get away from your Baptist. Get away from your Respiratory. Ideas. Pentecostal. Assembly is one and three and whatever it is. He says, Church of God, Nazarene Pilgrim, only the Church of Christ. All Antichrist movements. And, and I realize this strikes the world. He says, I realize this, what I'm saying, strikes the whole world. All wrong. All of the devil. Oh my, he says there is godly men in every one of them. There is godly people in every one of them. Movement. But he says, but the organization in itself is not of God. And God will never bless it. He, he has never done it. So God is not going to bless you because you are a member of a certain church. You are not going to the rapture because you are a member of DVF. 
None of us is going to make it that way. You are going to the rapture only on one basis. If you truly genuinely believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the message of the hour has come to call us out of money systems, of denominations, of organizations, out from all that to be united with a person and that person is Jesus Christ it is not a church name it is not a church organization it is the word of God that is the message of this day that has always been the message of any day God calls out his people to come out God was, Jesus actually was calling that man. Yes, Just come out from your Lord. Just hear what I'm saying. Believe what I'm saying. Sell everything you have. Sell all your riches. Sell everything. Come follow me. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do we consider to be riches? Our ideas. The things we made up. If I do this and this and don't do this. And I'm not saying the good works are bad. I'm saying if you think your good works will buy you eternal life. Oh my God, you are walking on the wrong road. And so today, maybe another day, I'll talk about... Uh, Calvinism, but tonight I'm talking about Arminianism and I would like us to concentrate on that. Which is legalism actually. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. So I'm going, what I'm going to do tonight in the next 30 minutes is to read you a few quotes and I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, making a few comments on this. So let, let us begin with one here from the message of Jehovah Jireh and the prophet says what we need today is back to the real message. He calls it the, the real message. Right back Back to the real plain down all time heartfelt God said salvation of Pentecost. He, he, yeah, he calls it the he calls it the all time. The real plain. The real heartfelt. God sent salvation of Pentecost. And he says back to the message. Now, now some of you when you hear the message. The reason why I'm taking this subject. Many people have misunderstood. What this message is. Many of you thought that the message is maybe a new church. A new religion. A new idea. A new whatever. So by the time I'm done with this subject, we will all understand what the message is. Why we are not going to attend church in a Catholic church? Why we are here? So we need to understand those things. Don't you think so, church? 
You see, then he says, now we find out that this dispensation, then it, it lasted on that legalistic dispensation until the, royal, the real royal seed come. Then he had taken all the legalism upon himself. And he paid the price of redemption. And God's church is back in grace again. Oh, you ought to say amen to that. Not under the law and legalism. It is under grace. And the promise of God. The true seed of Abraham. He taken the law upon himself. And the law nailed him to the cross. Oh, what we must do. And must not do. And must do. And must not do. You know the thing of it today. When a sinner comes to the Lord, we don't treat them like Paul did when the Philippian jailer said, what must I do to be saved? We don't do that these days anymore. Brother Banam is saying we don't do that. Now what would we say today? You got to quit smoking. You got to quit drinking. You got to quit doing this. You got to quit doing that. You got to stop doing that. You got to start doing that. That wasn't what he asked. He, he said, What must I do to be saved? And Paul told him, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Is this your prophet saying these words? If it's your prophet, if it's our prophet, say Amen. And Brother Barnum says here, when a sinner comes to the Lord, he's not talking about a believer who has been a believer for a while. He's talking about a sinner coming to the Lord. The reason why some people actually thought that the message was hard, or the message was impossible, or the message was something else, and they walked away. Not all of them might, might oh, could have been serpent seed. What if that we frustrated the seed of God? But he said when a sinner comes to the Lord, we don't treat them like Paul did when the Philippian jailer said, what must I do to be saved? But Paul said to him, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But what do we say to them? Stop that, stop that, stop that, stop that. The man did not know what to stop. Because he knew what to stop. 
Are you hearing me church? Every sinner knows what they are doing wrong. There is no sinner that will be told that what they are doing wrong. Quit smoking. You know smoking is wrong. Quit drinking. He knows drinking is wrong. He knows all the wrong things he's doing. What do we need to tell them? We need to tell them what they must do. To be saved. If I tell a prostitute. Amen. What must I do? She, she says. And I, and I says, quit going with those men. Change your clothes. I'm wasting her time. She already knows that information. What she needs to hear is what she should do. What she should do to receive salvation as well. And, and, and Brother Barnum says, Paul said to him, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we need to preach faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, not come join our congregation. Come join our congregation. Then you will be saved. Come stand up before the church. And you say this. Or the other. And it will sprinkle you. Or we will immerse you. Or whatever you want to do. Or our way. And if you are not in our church. Then I'm sorry you are lost. That wasn't it. You see all these things. It might not be necessarily wrong. We are telling them not to do. Or to do. But actually. He is saying. That is not the attitude. The, 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 the way he called it. He said. That's not the way we should treat them. He said we should tell them what they should do. And then all these things they must do it on one basis. Or they must do it on the basis of love. On the basis of faith. Oh my, are you hearing me today? Hallelujah. He said just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you and your house will be saved. I said that's the message of the hour. That is the message of the hour. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, 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 and also here in another message. Actually, uh, there's a message over Jire. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, Agamba. And, and this is a very nice story. And, and he calls it, uh, uh, he says, the Bible is a love letter. Hallelujah. Amen. He says, you know, the sweetest woman in all the world to me. I will not read what he said because that's not the one to me. So I will read mine. Right? So the sweetest woman in all the world to me is Mrs. Talemwa. And he says, she's my sweetheart. I love her. Just really love her. Oh, I loved this. I love this when I read it. I was, like, I was like, dear, I really, really love you. No, I'm quoting the message. Please put it up I may get issues with the church today. He says, just really, really love her. And then he says, now, there is no legalism. Among us. There is no legalism between me and Rebecca. We absolutely believe in we believe.
believe in the grace, we believe in love. Are you, are you, is that not right? We believe in grace, we believe in love. From the moment I met her, it has always been love. Oh I think if I was not married, I would not have preached this because there is no way I would That's why a pastor should be a married man and of one wife. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. And he says, now, when I get ready to go overseas, so everything I'm reading here, I'm quoting, but I'm actually talking about myself. When I get ready to go overseas, I don't reach over here and get her. And I say, my dear Mrs. Talimwa, thou shalt not have any more husbands. Thou shalt not make eyes at any other man. She don't grab me by the collar and say, my beloved brother Talimwa, thou shalt not have other wives. That wouldn't be home. That's the way you try to make church. No, we do not do it. See, I love her. As long as I love her, I will stay true to her. As long as she loves me, it will be the same way. We have no bother about that. No, we don't. Hallelujah. Amen. And I've gone to many countries. But wherever I go, I, I don't care. I don't get worried about my wife. No. But some other man may take her. I, I have to give her a law that will keep her from being taken by other men. Let me tell you, dear, you, you may, if I find that you have done this and this, let me not find you in my house. Hey, and she tells me, and I tell you, dear husband, if I hear you have done ABCD, don't come back here. Home. It is not about it that way. That's the way people, that's the way we, that's the way the Christians, that's the way we have tried to make charge. It is not, it's in our mind. Even you yourself, you've made your relationship with Jesus like that. Until it does not yield any fruit. Because you always think, oh, he's a big God somewhere and he's waiting for you to do a mistake so he will strike. And you are, all, you, you are also somewhere as his wife. You're waiting for him to not answer your prayer. And then you will chuck him. Have you not seen some people? They, they, when they, their prayers are not answered. They say God doesn't work. From today, I'm no longer a believer. What, what have I received in church? Hey, church is not supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be a love affair. It's supposed to be a relationship between you and Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And it is not as a group. It is an individual affair. Oh, praise God. He says, make your own salvation with fear and trembling. 
Oh my God. He says, then we kneel down. We pray. And that's what I always do with my wife when I'm going to leave. She asks God to help me. Let me. Listen, I have never gone for any trip. Without asking my wife to pray for me. And I did not know that even Brother Branham did it. <laughs> he says, and then she asks God to help me. She stays home to take care of the babies. And I go to work for the Lord. I haven't been home, but just a very little bit in 15 years. He says he's, in 15 years he's been home in just a little bit. And that's how it has been with me the last 10 years of my marriage. Most of them have been out on mission work. But you see she stands no white just saying just staying a young woman staying home meeting the public Trying to do her part. A real lovely woman is my wife. Hallelujah. Man. If there is one man who is really proud of their wives, oh wow, if I am one of them. She's a real lovely woman. And by the banner was also proud of his. And if you have one, you can be proud of them. You who have not yet married, you should be ready to marry somebody who you, are, you should or must be ready to be proud of. Someone that you are proud of. You, you know they are doing everything they are doing because they love you. Not because you have threatened them. Let me tell you. The moment you do this. Hey, you will see that I'm a man. And some of them even beat them. Hey, what did you say? Do, do you know I'm your husband? Even the Bible says I'm your head. Let me tell you, that's not how you treat a woman. And even God doesn't treat his woman like that. We are his woman. Hey, hey. We are his wife. He treats us with love and confidence. He has confidence in us. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I'm burning up, brother Marvin. Let me tell you, any man that will marry a woman, that is a vote of confidence. You cannot put your love on a woman that you have no confidence in. And if you do, some people try that. Some people try that. Because of one reason or the other. And someone warned me not to say this on the pulpit, but I will say, because of the figure eight or whatever it is. Hey, and then because of that, actually yesterday or the other day I had the first, I had one word for the first time. I don't know whether you people know it. Saying, 
I don't know what to say, how to say that. Uh, yeah, and uh, these men are saying because of figure eight. Oh, let me marry her. And, and you marry her. No, and then later on, you, you realize you can't have confidence in her. Yes, I will divorce her and get another one. You are a ruined man to begin with. You are a bad man to begin with. You, you are not a credible man. You are a sissy if you do that. You must be a man who will look for a woman that you can put your confidence in. I said, dear, I give you my word because I trust you. I love you with everything. Even when you do a mistake somehow, I understand I am ready to take you instead. Now let me tell you, church, that's the same way Jesus Christ has confidence in his bride. It is not a legalistic relationship. Oh, do this and I'll show you. Don't do this and I'll take you. Oh my God, I'm Praise the name of the Lord. But then it says, but now, for instance, what if I was overseas? And I got real lonesome. And some young woman said, I don't know whether I should put my name here. And some woman said, Brother Branham, you want to take me out riding tonight after church? And then I would say, I'm awfully mm. lonesome. Mm. Mm. I believe I will. Well, then when I went home, I would have to tell my wife. Now, I believe she would forgive me for that. I do. I believe she would forgive me for it. But brother, I would die in my tracks before I done that. Why? Watch. I love her too much. I love her. Oh my brother Banam was in love. <laughs> don't marry somebody, don't love. I love her too much. And he says, I, I, I love her. Oh, it would kill me. Oh. I, I couldn't face her in it. Tell her, you know, dear, I went out riding with the car and, you know, stuff happened. And, you know, oh, I love my wife that very much. What about my Lord? What about my Lord if I love my wife that very much? Paul, Paul said, all things are lawful unto me, but not all expedient. Do you understand this example? You see, your wife will, be for, will forgive you. If I did anything out of my marriage, many men do that. But you see, if you, you love your wife, you will sure tell her. What will she do? She will check you. Women these days are very wise. They can't check you. They are very, very intelligent. They, they can't go. Now, you've done the bad stuff. And then you tell her, dear, she will say, all right. At least you have told me. And then she will forgive you. And things will end. Again. But Brother Banami says, because 
Kubanga. Of the love I have. I can't dare do it. The way I will look at her and tell her that. She had confidence in me. She had trust in me. And if that is the way it is. What about you the Lord? So what about you who says. Uh, what about you says I will sin and repent. I will backslide and repent. Ah. This girl said, let me fornicate, I will repent. Let me tell you, sure enough, God will forgive you. Oh, some are now feeling happy. Oh, yeah, yeah, God will forgive me. Oh, sure, I want to tell he will always forgive If you are still under grace and mercy, it is his prerogative to forgive you. That's why I don't believe that if someone has sinned and, and, and then you try to make them a public example, and then we bring them here. Uh-huh. Tell us what you did. How did you do it? How many times? Oh, you sinner! Hey! You, you deserve repentance. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another one says, Actually, Dala, you brother, you have a demon. Not even one demon, seven of them. Hey, hey, uh, yeah. Yeah. What can I do now? Please? Church, forgive me. And another brother comes up. But, but, but brother, where did the devil find you? Sincerely, sincerely, you are not filled with the Holy Ghost. Some of you behave as if you are their husband. None of us is a husband of anybody. Our, Jesus Christ is our husband. Yes, Christ, He's the husband, husband to the church. We are all his wife. We are all his bride. And when one sins, none of us is a priest. That can be feel, touched by the feelings of their infant. And now you begin to make them Get, enter into a confession. I don't know how they call it in the Catholic Church. Who knows it? Penitence. 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 Okay, my son, what have you done? The person they are repenting to is even worse than them. And, and even in our churches, we try to be the Catholic, the Catholic priest. And for us, we are the tough version of the Catholic priest. We are the tough version of the Catholic priest. I believe if you are a sinner, if you repent of your sin, Jesus Christ is faithful and just to forgive you. I believe that with all my heart. And I believe you should be sincere when you come to God. When you approach God. Yes, I understand there are times and situations where you have to confess to somebody. Because it says confess your sins one to the other. A prayer of faith will save the sin. If you have done any sin, it shall be forgiven. But I understand it's only Jesus Christ that forgives sins and washes away yes. our sins. What can wash away my sin? Not the church, but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Not the people, but the blood of Jesus. I believe that's what we believe. That's the message of the hour. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Praise the name of the Lord. Someone said, oh pastor, if you preach like that, people are going to go crazy. I say, I'm sorry. I'm not a pastor of people. I'm a pastor of souls that are redeemed and blood bought. I want to be a pastor of people who are in love with Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. People who are in love with him. Whereby they fear to sin because of his love and their love to him. Not because the pastor saw them or did not see them. But because of the rules of the church. Oh, someone said, oh, I, I cannot do this. Because if I do this, they, they will tell me to stand in the Sorry, even before you do it, you have already done it. The law can't help you. You need to, to be in love with you. You need to have a relationship with him. You need to be connected with him. Whereby where you are, in your low moments, in your temptations, you remember him. You are in connection with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Brother Barnum says, She writes me a letter. And then she says, Dear Billy, I'm sitting here tonight. I just got the children to bed. I've washed today. I've done so and so. The phone has rung over 300 times. People are asking where you are. I'm thinking much of you. That's what she's writing. But you know, I can read between the lines. And I know what she means. Because I love her. Jesus shouldn't be, you should not make it hard for Jesus to figure you out. Even when you come to pray, don't make it hard for him. You are speaking things he can't understand. Some people, by the way, when you are praying, I don't understand what you are because you had a brother Martin say, Oh, Jesus. You also say, Oh, Jesus. Can, can you have your own relationship with Jesus? Whereby a, a woman would write her husband and a woman would, the man would read between the lines. This is what she means. Make it easy for Jesus to figure you out. That oh, this one, this one is in this mode. He means or she means this. That's why he says, before you even ask, he knows what you need. And he will even provide it. Because he understands you. But some of you who don't have a relationship with him, if you just meet a girl or a boy out there, you are new to one another. No relationship. Nobody can understand you. But if you've been together for a while, you know, I just need to if my wife wrote me a text, I will read it. If you read it, you wouldn't understand a thing. But I will understand even beyond what she was saying because I've been with her for a while. What I'm saying, let us have a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the purpose of the message of the hour. 
You say it contradicts itself. And, uh, 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 he says, brethren, he says, that's the way, that's the way you know this love book of God. Of God is. Reason it is so complicated to people. Because you are not in love with Christ. You say it contradicts itself. And all this. You are just not in love with the author. It's a love letter. Oh my. If you, if you brethren understand what I'm saying, we shall be more sincere Christians. And in the message, marriage and divorce, it says, and that's the way it is with God. If a fellow love, which is human love, fellowship love, can make a man feel that way about his wife. What about agapo love? The, the love of God, how would that make me do about Jesus? I, as long as I want to go, as long as I want to go do it, it's in my heart to do it. As long as it's in my heart to do it, I go do it. But legalism won't let me do it. It's because that I know that I would get punished for doing it. But the real truth of it is when the love of God comes into your heart till you want to do it. You want to do it. That's the truth of it. And those are the two schools, not legalism or the other, Calvinism, it is both. So what I'm trying to say, church, those of you who are missing it, that for a long time, in your Christian walk, you can even pray for things you never attained. Because your mind and approach to God is legalistic. If I do this, you will do this to me. If I do that, you will do this to me. And then, oh, God wants me to do this. That's not it. That's not the basis of fellowship with God. That's why many times you've heard me preach. It's not the way you dress that matters. It's not what you do that matters. On Sunday I was talking about haircuts. You find people straining and stressing. Some even chasing people from church. Because of hair. Because they don't understand the concept. God wants to have a relationship a fellowship of love with his children. Let all our works beef out of the abundance of love. Sometimes I've walked at home and my wife gave me a, a glass of juice. Other times I walked home and she did not. But when she didn't, I didn't beat her up. I did not divorce her. I don't Shout at her. But if she gives me a smile, and I love her better. 
You understand? If you don't do what God expects you to do, your relationship with him will be rocky. After all, he may not divorce you. But I don't know about your relationship. But all I want to know is my relationship with him. Our prophet preached to someone one in a million. If he's going to come and take one out of this city, I want to be that one. I don't care about the others. I know I am that one. Even in this church, if the rapture happens now, how many are going? I say I want to be that one. If each of us can say that, hallelujah, then I'm sure most of us will go. But some people, their experience, they want to rely on other people people's experience with their God. It doesn't work that way. Make your own calling and election sure. And I will conclude here in 1 Thessalonians 5.19 it says quench not the spirit. When many people hear it's not our works that count before God. When people hear that, they develop the attitude that we can do whatever we want to do. But I want you to listen to what he says here in the, in the message, Thy loving kindness. Seen a friend away from God. Seen a friend away from God. Seen a friend. He's talking to seen a friend away from God that is away from God. Little woman. Little man. Do you realize that you are trying to quench that thirst that God gives to you to thirst after him? And you are quenching it with the devil's pleasures? Moses forsook Egypt to be to be Pharaoh to be he forsook to be Pharaoh of Egypt. Musa Yarekayo Okuba Falawa Misiri esteeming the reproach of Christ. Greater riches, esteeming it greater riches than that. The treasures of Egypt. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And he says, take off them clothes. Lady. Of course, the bad ones. Make it clear. Put you on some distant looking things. Let your hair grow out. And wash your face. Meaning remove yours. You men get to be men. Walk around with a you, you, you know you walk around with a pack of cigarettes in your pocket. And a deacon on the 
board, cigars, taking a little sociable drink. You know, uh, staying home and watching television. Washing your account Sunday instead of spend time at, at Sunday school. And he says, aren't you ashamed? He, now notice. He did not say, you will go to hell. But he says, aren't you ashamed? Your relationship has questions. With God is questionable. So the problem that we have today, many people quench the spirit. How do you quench the spirit? By doing these things we have read here. By doing things that hurt God. Imagine a relationship as I'm concluding that is toxic. You, you're married, but you never agree. You are married, but you, you always do things that are contrary. You are in a relationship, but it is breaking, it's dying. And that's why we have a lot of divorces today. Men and women divorce each day. Even those who have been together for very many years. Because their relationship, they don't pay attention to it. They quench the love. And God says, quench not the spirit. The more you keep going out there. You know, he says, <clears throat> when you are... <clears throat> Excuse me, when you are doing the devil's pleasures, they are quenching the spirit. Quenching the spirit. Imagine how the Holy Spirit must look at you as a son or daughter of God, doing something that you know your father, your husband, your friend doesn't like it. You know he doesn't like it. You know where you are. At that moment, he looks at you. He sees you. And the Holy Spirit, the prophet said, he must blush at some of the actions Christians do. You know, like blush, they get ashamed. Oh, even somewhere. Oh, not again. Oh, really? And this is the report he keeps taking back. And for you, you are like, I'm a child of God, I'm going to heaven. Oh, you're sure, but we're not so sure about your relationship. And that's why many of your prayers don't get answered. You know why you are a Christian? And it looks like you are frustrated. Things are not going well. With you. Check your relationship with God. Do you know a praying Christian is an overcoming one? How, how, you know, we should be asking questions like, 
what should I do? To get deeper into the, my relationship with Jesus Christ. Not what must, not, not, must I not do. You know what you should not do. If you don't, if you don't know it, raise up your hand. All of us know what we should not do. But what's the work of a preacher? To tell you what you should do. Get your knees in prayer. Seek the mind of God. Read the word of God. Sing songs of Zion. Get deeper into that relationship with Jesus Christ. And then before you know it, you and saying the same words Paul said. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live. Yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise the name of the Lord. Let us stand up on our feet. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I've been blessed. Oh, hallelujah. I trust that that will bring you closer to God. And in your relationship. We have a, a, a message before we pray. We have a message. You say, God bless you, church. The word says God will give us food in due season. But he also gives his children blessings in due season. We thank the Lord as a Luanga's family for the blessing of a wonderful car. <laughs> <laughs> says we, we pray that it is dedicated back to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Is this the key? Ah, he's showing me the key. Amen. <laughs> Uh, I hope everybody is smiling for Luanga's family. <laughs> Amen. We shall dedicate it after this. Let, shall we sing the chorus, Shine on me, shine on me slowly? And then we shall pray. Shine on me. Lord, shine on me. Let the light from the lighthouse shine on me, shine on me, Lord, shine on me. Let the light from
from the light shine on me. Do you have need for prayer tonight? Maybe you want to have a closer walk with God. Or maybe you might, have, you might be like that rich young ruler who thought that it was his works that he would do it. And maybe you've done all you could but you still have a void in your heart. You say you want him to have a personal connection with you. You want to fall deeper in love with him. Just lift up your hand as we pray. So I can pray together with you. Lord Jesus. We want to approach your throne of mercy once again tonight. Father we do not approach as uh, just servants. We don't want to take a servant's place. Because you can't give us a servant's place. We approach you as children. We approach you as one of your own, Lord. Father, Lord, you bought us. Paid with the price that no man could be able to pay. We realize many times we have quenched the spirit in our own little ways, Father. Lord, I pray that you forgive us. Forgive these that are raising up their hands, Lord. And they want a deeper walk with you. Oh, Father, I imagine how it can be to have a church of, of young people and older ones alike that have this deep relationship and love between you and them. Lord, I can imagine a church that will overcome. A church that will go into rapture. A people that will be called a people of your name. Lord, this is what the message of the hour is. Give them a, a, a deeper relationship with you, Lord. Bring them closer to you. And help them, Father, to overcome. But because they love you. Grant it, Lord. And even as they go, may you go with everyone. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 As we go out, can we sing as we give our offerings and then we will dismiss. Let us sing the love of God. I think that is a high key, brother. I would need a, a low key or maybe I'll give you mine and then you can take it up from there. <coughs> The love of God is greater far than tango pain can ever take. It goes beyond the Oh, and riches to the lowest head. Oh, the guilty bed, bowed down with care. God gave his son.
comes from When man oh he When man oh he Oh refuse to pray On rocks and deep And mountains fall Oh God's not so true Oh shall Yeah. 
us pray for the offerings as we dismiss. Father, we thank you for the people that have given these offerings. Pray that you bless every giver.